All right, welcome to another episode of the Launch Notes podcast. I'm Blake from Launch Notes. Really thrilled to be joined today with Kevin Garcia. Kevin's head of product marketing at Retool. Before Retool, he worked on product marketing at some other exciting companies I'm sure you've heard of, like Segment and AdRoll. He's got a ton of great experience standing up and scaling product marketing. So really excited to dive in. Kevin, welcome to the Launch Notes podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm always interested because I did product marketing too. I'm always interested how people find their way into product marketing in the first place. Like, how did you, how did you get into PMM stuff? Yeah, of course. So when I first graduated from college, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do and applied kind of broadly to a lot of jobs, including sort of a generalist startup role at an early stage startup called Good Hire. And at the time sort of did like user research and stuff, marketing stuff, product stuff. And as the company evolved and the role evolved, I realized all the things I really liked were, you know, things that a product marketer does for their job. I just didn't know that that was a job that you could do. Yeah, um, yeah. And so the transition happened pretty fast. I would say like within a few months of starting, sort of uh, realized all of those things together, culminated into product marketing and had a really supportive sort of leadership team and head of marketing that helped shape me into my first round at product marketing. Very cool. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, you've, you've worked at some exciting companies along the way. I mean, what are those things that you're sort of most passionate about or like what are the activities in, in PMM work that you like to lean into? Because again, having done the job, it's it it's really cool. It's gonna be a grab bag of so much different stuff, which can be really cool. And if you like talking to customers, you can do a ton of that. If you like the analytical side, you can do a ton of that. If you like events, copy, advertising, like you can really kind of choose your own adventure a lot of times it seems like with product marketing. But what what sort of feels like the the passion areas of the job for you? Yeah, for sure. I think the, the things that have been most exciting for me have been when the story of a product or a company gets really complicated. When I was at a company called Admiral, the company was sort of in an inflection point, transition point. They had tried a lot of, you know, they had done incredibly well in retargeting and display advertising and were trying to expand beyond that. And complicating the story and seeing where there was fit and where there was great product sort of um, potential was really interesting. And I think that 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 reality or sort of that expansion of what's possible at this company has been what attracts me the most <laughs> to different companies. And so at Segment, the conversation was, you know, we focused so much on developers and yet some of the biggest opportunities for a CDP or a data platform from, you know, your true customer story into all of your marketing channels, all of your business channels, you know, there's so much use for that across marketing teams and across product teams and across teams that are not the engineers. And so how do we bring that story to life in a way that makes sense for, you know, really large businesses like ABM Bev to think about a segment on the bigger scale. I think similarly, that same sort of thing has sort of drawn me to Retool, a company, again, another developer focused, but the applications for software tools that employees use is sort of ubiquitous. And so how do you, add new products to that story and make the story even more complicated, but still make it a usable self-service product that people can, you know, sort of pick up and, and learn on their own. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited to dive into retool because I think that's a super exciting company and product and a really engaging place to be a PMM. But yeah, maybe before that, and it looks like just kind of looking over your background, 
maybe started with Segment, but correct me if I'm wrong, you got into this world of kind of product marketing for a developer, or at least a technical audience and user, maybe a technical buyer as well. I think that's something a lot of people struggle with. I've struggled with it myself. How did you kind of onboard into that sort of persona? I mean, are you technical yourself? Did you become technical? Like, what's the secret to being a PMM for developer products? Because there's such great, you know, opportunity for PMMs on developer products. Yeah, for sure. So to be entirely honest, it's been trial by fire over the last several years. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I started off on the right foot. When I was at Admiral, we were, you know, we had APIs that developers use and we had a platform portal for, for developers to be able to build, you know, augmentations, integrations into the platform. But I, I really did get my first bearings in segment. I think the things mm -hmm. that were um, sort of critical ingredients, so to, to answer some of your questions, no, I, I wasn't technical. I, I don't think of myself as someone who's a developer. I, you know, I've taken a few courses here and there. I've played around with building my own apps every once in a while. But one of the things that I've sort of committed to at Segment and now at Retool is that I, I need to become well-versed enough in this space to feel confident about using the product and being able to describe the features from a, from a first-person perspective. I think, you know, Segment... Mm -hmm some of the, you know, these huge enterprises, data, data dictionaries and data models and how people move data around from yeah. usage, usage all the way through to all their marketing. It's a complicated system. And I won't pretend to be an expert <laughs> part of this, but for me, it came down to, well, Kevin, you don't know how to, how a data warehouse works. You don't know how product analytics works for a startup. You don't actually, you know, have a great bearing on how data from a marketing website ends up being used as part of a customer health score, for example. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. all things that I had to grapple with. And so I think the reality for me or some of the sort of lessons learned, again, the hard way, were you, you definitely don't have to be a developer to be marketing to developers. I think that's, it definitely helps. And I, I wouldn't lie to you. I probably would, if I knew yeah. now, or if I knew in, college, what I do now, I probably would have focused a little bit more on it. <laughs> sure. I, I think that the, the things that matter are one immense curiosity, curiosity for the space. You know, you have to be able to truly want to learn about the platform and the apps and the products that you're working with. Um, this is true for all product marketing. I, I strongly believe like at, at the end of the day, like if you can't mm -hmm. really buy into the market and the product, it's really hard to be the compelling product marketer that the company might need. And so one is buying into the space. Two is being really honest with yourself about what you do and don't understand. Mm -hmm. And then prioritize the things that actually matter, right? So for example, product analytics is a huge use case and it's a driving force of a lot of the deals that the company is able to close, a lot of the self-serve customers that use us or use them, I guess. And so for me, it was, a, it was a lot about, okay, well, Kevin, you don't know how product analytics works, so let's learn it. Let's figure it out. Let's learn all of these different competencies, not just at the sort of high-level sort of dictionary terms, but also let's, let's try building this in. Let's see what events I would actually sort of wire up, what, what I would do to set up segment, where do I get stuck? Mm -hmm. Where would I actually, you know, sort of hit my ceiling of understanding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened over 
is that I realized that you, you can learn a lot and you can also sort of learn patterns and learn how things work together just by doing 10 times faster than it would be if I was trying to just read up on product analytics forever. A hundred percent. Yep. And so the learn by doing became a huge factor in retool. And I think retool is actually a much easier product for me to grok because, you know, for context, retool helps companies build software, but we focus on software that they use for their employees. So for example, companies like DoorDash, they run driver programs, right? They have hundreds of thousands of drivers. There's not software that they can go and buy for managing that, those drivers for the specific programs and incentives they want to run. So they Mm -hmm. build that software themselves, but that takes time. That takes engineering resources. So retool is just a much faster way to do it. It's a visual programming tool. So you drag mm-hmm. and drop components. You can think of like tables and forms and, yep. them up. and so it, it abstracts a lot of the app development process that would be sort of out of reach for people like myself, right? I don't have yeah. a lot of familiarity with data warehouses and integrations and API calls. But Retool sort of abstracts away a lot of the hard parts such that I'm basically just writing SQL queries and uh, mm-hmm. using JavaScript to build apps. And so yeah. the, the curiosity is there. And I think that it's be, you know, it behooves the product marketer in a developer space to keep yeah. fighting. I built an app and I, I shipped it to the company. It's a customer stories app that basically takes a database of our customer stories and surfaces them in a way that's digestible. So like top quote, our champion, a link to that person's LinkedIn. So like, yeah. a, it's kind of flashcards for the sales team. Yeah, I commit myself to building that because I, mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, to to live the the experience that a developer would on our product. And I think yeah, that that's crucial. Uh, the last point yeah. I make on this is that there will be things that are sort of outside of the scope of you can try it yourself. Um, mm, right? Yeah, I can't as much as I'd like to go and feel what it looks like and what it, what it feels like to run a 1000 person company wide retool. Right. I think this is where the user research side becomes so important. You have to be willing to talk to as many customers as it takes for you to really start to build intuition. Yeah. Um, yep. At the end of the day, you know, after talking to 20 engineers at different companies, but with similar problems, I've learned how they talk about their problems, what they think is the most important, Yeah. Know, how they think about their daily work. And that's crucial. Yeah. If you don't, the, you know, if you haven't lived it yourself, it's beholden on you to go and find that information. Yeah. I, I love, that's all really good. <clears throat> that's such good advice and, and good for people to sort of take to heart. I love what you said about, you know, the way you dove in, especially the, the kind of the customer stories thing that you built there. It's, it's good advice because I think a lot of people in this position get, they get sort of caught up in the the they get sort of caught up in the details and the fact that like well i can't really live this use case i can't empathize with the customer 100% therefore i'm not even going to even try and it's like yeah like if you're doing a product that's like enterprise cloud security for fortune 100 companies in the infosec space or whatever, like it may be very, very hard for you to even get a percentage of some sort of like application that is relevant to like what your actual buyers and customers are going to be using the product for. But that doesn't mean you don't, you can't try, like you can figure something out. You can, you know, you can get kind of partway there or use it in a different way or put it together for, you know, a use case you have, but it's great advice where it's just like, 
get your, you know, get some like real use case for you. Like ideally it's, you know, something related to your job because then that, you know, makes that part of your job easier too. I'm sure that's delivering this, yeah. these customer stories was something you had to do anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it ends up being, you know, an efficiency there. And it's like, yeah, like just look for some way that you can, that you can build and get hands on and actually feel the scenario rather than sort of the academic approach of like, well, I'll, I'll read the documentation and sort of study up, right? Like kind of walk, walk a mile in the customer's shoes, right? For sure. And I also think that the, uh, the implicit sort of reaction that people sort of hope when they hear or when mm-hmm. they ask, how do I do developer marketing? How do I yeah. be really good at marketing developers? The answer isn't rocket science. It's do the hard work. It's yeah. do the work that another marketer wouldn't do. Yeah. To that extra customer that a, that a marketer would miss. Mm-hmm. Read the reviews on the review sites. Look at mm-hmm. people, you know, look at people's profiles of your customers and see what they post about, what they read, and go read that. And I yeah. Think, uh, yeah. There's a lot of sort of hope, I think, in PMMs that you'll find sort of a, a first principles approach of, you know, here's five steps that, you know, every, mm-hmm. every person can use to develop great developer marketing competencies. But I think yeah. my lived reality has been every time it has been incredibly hard, but that work has been rewarded with a deeper understanding about really technical things that I, I felt were out of reach when I first started the job. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, that, create such strong relationships with the technical side of your business and the developers. And you can kind of like get that buy-in. And even if you don't have a perfect 100% understanding of all of it, like they get that right. And they see you sort of like making an effort and getting hands-on with what they're building goes a long way. One of the best experiences I had with this, I remember working at Atlassian and we had a kind of tool in the, in the dev space. We acquired a product called Ops Genie, which does like on-call alerting for like site reliability teams. If like you're running a big cloud service and it goes down, it'll alert your engineers in the middle of the night. Pretty hard use case for me to kind of grok as a product marketer or sort of live, right? Like I don't have, you literally need a team of engineers to sort of like hook this up and like you need to be running a 24-hour cloud service. Like that's kind of a hard thing to fake, but I was able to get into get into the product and i think i I actually wired it into i integrated it with my wife's continuous glucose monitor which she wears type 1 diabetic wears all the time and so i i wired up ops genie to be like sending me alerts as if there were like a server outage but it was wired to my wife's glucose monitor and i did like a write-up about kind of how i did that and what i learned and what i set up and stuff like that and like that opened a ton of doors with the developers and the pms and the technical side of that business and they were they were thrilled to see it because it was cool, here's a use case we haven't seen before. And this person actually kind of like rolled up their sleeves and used the product quite a bit. Yeah, no, 100%. I think marrying the technology to something that matters to you so you feel motivated to finish it. And to, totally. To show your work yeah. Is, is, is great advice. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely resonates with me. I want to dive into uh, Retool some because like I said, I think that's a really exciting company. I'm, I'm interested in, in what's going on there a little bit more. And I have some parallel experience. So I, I before joining Launch Notes, I was PMM at a product called Process Street, which was in a, in a sort of similar space. We were a no-code workflow builder tool, kind of like workflow orchestration for all different types of businesses and not necessarily you know plugging into the technical side, but kind of workflow orchestration. But what was really cool about it was similar into the kind of like Hey, build, you know, build your product inside this thing. Like 
similar to what you guys have at retool, like here's kind of a platform or a bag of Legos that you can do one of many things with, like there's like an infinite galaxy of options of what you could build on this platform. I think you guys have that to a large degree there with retool. I think it's a really exciting spot to be as a PMM because you can kind of use the platform to show the customer, you know, whether it's highlighting customer stories and what other customers are doing or actually building your own products yourself and building different use cases. Like you can kind of build some of these use cases and scenarios and take that to the market and be like, look what you can build with this, you know, platform. You can build anything, but here's four cool examples. Like could be this, could be that, could be this. Like how do you kind of approach that there? Cause it seems like a massive opportunity. Yeah. No, well, first of all, I, I think you did capture well some of the the magic that I think Retool possesses, which is, you know, it is a platform. This is Lego blocks that you give to different companies and teams to build whatever they want. And, you know, NBC uses it to run Olympics programming. Rex uses it for managing load approvals. Snowflake <laughs> uses it for security processes. And whenever they get audited, they get audited four times a year and they have to run <laughs> these security audits uh, <laughs> to make it and they use retail for these things. And like I mentioned, I use it for a customer stories app, but yeah. our yeah. team, for example, uses it to manage forecasting and make calls on how they're going to hit. Oh, cool. For the, when a product can solve endless use cases, there is, like you mentioned, sort of a great opportunity to connect with people because you can mm -hmm. meet them where they yeah. are. But yeah. It makes it a lot harder, I think, yeah. of a product marketing challenge, which it is... It's yeah, there's a big challenge baked into that too. Yeah. <laughs> All of these individual use cases are so hyper specific to the company that you're talking to that it creates a, a little bit more of a challenge in creating those core use cases, creating those core customer stories, creating those core um, mm -hmm. product features you highlight. For example, I yeah. just mentioned Snowflake, right? They mm -hmm. use Retool for security practices. They care so much about what happens to data in Retool how mm -hmm. things are processed, retool permissions, authorization. But then there are other companies that are running, for example, let's say inventory management, and they actually mm -hmm. care a lot more about how fast retool can move, uh, how you can make it really easy for ordering teams to be able to place orders, how, you, how easy you make it for shipping management and showing maps, right? Like these are completely separate problems and they highlight different strengths of, of retool's platform. So when I think about marketing at Retool, I think there is, like any product, this is true of any any product or platform, you have to think about the audience that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. You have to think to, sort of to what, what are the things that they care about? What are the things that I can generalize? And what are the things that have to be specific to this, to this buyer? And mm -hmm. it creates a pretty challenging opportunity. Sort of the case mm -hmm. in point here is yeah. our website. If you go to retool.com, you know, we talk mostly to the builder, like the developer builder, who mm -hmm. uh, for the most part has some baggage around how frustrating it, it's been to build an internal tool before. And mm -hmm. the language that we use and the way that we speak in, on the website reflects and sort of honors that, that challenge and says, hey, look, this is just going to be a much smoother ride. Things like yeah. auth, things like permissions, things like components, things like managing the, the deployment process, things like hosting on a URL, it's all taken care of by Retool. You just have to kind of have to build the UI and build the business logic around it. That sort of messaging does not resonate with a, let's say, for example, Fortune 500 CTO, right? Like they're mm -hmm. not thinking 
terms of the builder experience, they're thinking, well, hey, I'm being asked to do 600 projects with 600 engineers, and I, I don't have enough time and energy to spend yeah. on all these. And retail yeah. helps those things too, right? It's like retail makes it possible for engineers to save hours or even weeks of work on it. most of the internal backlog that they have. That's yeah. a huge, completely different positioning for, for the different stakeholders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're really, yeah, for a lot of reasons, they're, they're exciting companies to work at and it's, it's an exciting opportunity. And, you know, with a really horizontal can do a lot of things product like that, like on the product management side, the folks, you know, building the product and setting the product strategy, they really have a tough job of sort of like, okay, how do we hold the line and make sure we're not like guiding kind of going too far into a specific niche or use case. And we might have, you know, a bunch of companies doing inventory management and they're paying us a lot of money and they're putting this, all this pressure on us. And before we know it, like, oh shit, what happened? We're an inventory management builder company, right? Like, so they kind of have that very like horizontal vision to uphold as a PMM. Like, yeah, you, you do that too. And you sort of think about the broad messaging like that, but also you can look at all those little use cases and sort of pick them off one by one and be like, Great, we're gonna do a campaign for you know inventory management. We're gonna do a campaign for this other use case. We're gonna do a whole set of templates and content around this other use case, and you can kind of dive into each of those. and And a lot of times, that's what the customer needs. Like they don't, they might not need the product to like go deeper into this thing, but they need content, inspiration, templates, all stuff that product marketing can deliver. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that, well, first of all, you hit the nail on the head. Our product team does an awesome job staying horizontal. Uh, when, mm -hmm. when we work with them, basically, the sort of de facto starting point is how do we make this in a way where we let the company or the developer make as many decisions as they want as possible, right? Like, where are we going to abstract and sort of provide an opinionated view that moves them faster, but also where can we give away the Legos and make sure that yeah. they're capable of doing it, you know, whatever it is that they want to do themselves, such that we don't have to build it in. So yeah. for example, custom components. So if you wanted to build a, you know, a thermometer into one of your internal tools, oh, you, could, cool. you could do it yeah. Way, yeah. without having to worry about retool. Yeah. Um, but for example, on the product marketing side, you're right. Like some of the decisions we make as a platform company are different than a company that's focused on one core audience and one core use case. Sort of a case in point here is paid search and SEO play such a huge role for retail's growth mm. because we are able to market ourselves to solve a ton of different problems, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. We can sell ourselves as a customer support dashboard that's customized. We can sell ourselves as a loan approvals dashboard. Yeah. We can sell ourselves in a lot of different ways. In a way that like, for example, I was at a company called Tango, their customer mm. success platform. And in those cases, you have to sell yourself as a customer success platform. You're not, you, yeah. you don't solve problems. You don't solve product problems. Yep. And so the, the scope and sort of capacity for SEO and paid search is very important. Yeah. It's not very expansive. Right. And I think mm -hmm. companies like Retool, companies like Airtable, companies like yep. Ocean, yep. Uh, they have very huge opportunities in those spaces for yeah, find them a specific problem. Like I, I think there's folks who are planning weddings on Notion. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, yeah. kinds of cool things that you know. I, I think it's it creates interesting business decisions and it also creates from a product marketing perspective a lot of yeah. opportunity for kinds of channels. 
Uh, yeah, I'm glad you made that point around like SEO and just sort of like where is demand that can be served? And typically it's, you know, like you said, like customer success platform, the pre-existing demand for that category is pretty one-dimensional and like you can just kind of go out and hope to get that and compete with whoever's already there, et cetera, et cetera. Hope the category grows. For something like Retool or, you know, Notion, Airtable, whatever, it's like, you know, all this, you know, all this demand that's out there for all these different niches and use cases, you can go out and start to serve and you can do that with stuff like templates, you know, SEO, paid spend, like you just go out and like all those can be vector points into, you know, into the product and ecosystem. I'm looking at your, uh, I'm looking at the templates library, the, yeah, the templates page that you guys have. I don't know what you call it, but on your website here, these are freaking incredible. If folks are out there curious about retool, definitely go to retool.com slash templates. I love that on each of these, you have like a clickable, like usable demo embedded into the page. That's really cool. So it's not just like, oh, a screenshot and like a button, like a CTA, like you can click around on the, on the actual app. That's really cool. I and mean, then it shows the different like components and stuff and integrations that are being used. And yeah, that's, that's super interesting. I think a lot of folks, a lot of folks could take inspiration from this template library you guys have. This is really cool. For sure. Yeah. I think the thing that's exciting for me about this is that from a product marketing perspective, you've got to think about your audience, right? If mm -hmm. I am marketing to developers, mm -hmm. developers want to know, you know, what is the going to be the fastest way to build this? What's going to be the easiest one to maintain? Where am I most familiar? What's going to be not a pain, you know, six months from now or something that I have to redo from scratch. Yeah. And we pretty hard job at Retool, right? We have to convince them that there's a different way of building software that mm -hmm. might be better for the specific use case than what they might be doing right now, right? And so for us, like the, the bar is really high for what, you know, what it takes to convince a developer to say, hey, you know what, mm -hmm. I'm gonna drop my normal toolkit this. So when we build things like the templates library, which is built by a few teammates who are, you know, here ahead of me, so I wanna give credit where credit's due. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the reality for us is like, it's the bar for us. Developers care and want to see what the final product looks like. And they, they don't want to see a screenshot. They don't want to, yeah. um, they, they don't want to know what you think it could be. And, and you mm. know, with marketing polish, they want to see what it is. And, yeah. uh, you know, I even say too, some of those templates, you know, they're not robust in the sense that like, they're, you know, insanely crazy, the best version of this that you could imagine, but they give you a solid yeah. idea of what it like to use the app and that is enough to convince developers but you know yeah we we take it very seriously this this persona mm -hmm. that we've chosen is not going to be interested in the static image not because they they can't mm -hmm. think and uh, can't imagine what it could be like but because it matters what it actually yeah. feels like to use the app. yeah yeah no that's great that's really it's amazing how many people sort of like marketers kind of fumble the ball on the two yard line with that kind of thing over and over where it's like, man, you did the hard work of showing up in search or putting dollars into getting people to your site or building the brand awareness through campaigns and all that. And you got people to your site. And then there's just like a flat experience what you get once you get there. And I, you know, and something me and my colleagues talk a lot about on the marketing side here is just like, what does a five-star experience once the people actually get to your website what does that feel like? What would this page as a five-star experience look like? And, you know, 
for this example, it's a lot of like what you were talking about. It's not just a static image. It's a, it's a clickable demo and it's, you know, it's more kind of like organized context and stuff like that. Like whatever that looks like, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that could be done for, you know, good advice for marketers and PMMs everywhere. It's like, what's this kind of like, what is this as a five-star experience look like? Exactly. And recognizing that the five-star experience for a customer might be hard and it might not be what you want it to look like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like I, I can envision 16 prettier versions of this. I could envision, <clears> you know, yep. different ways to be cooler. Yeah. Um, you got to work with the resources you have, but I think five stars to me is about working from the user experience backwards, right? And saying, mm -hmm. if I was a developer that decided to spend my quality time clicking through one of your templates ads and depending yep. on this, like what, what would be reasonable for me? And the things that come to mind for me are one, I can see it, I can feel it, I can try it. Two, if I want to use it, I can. Mm -hmm. And so every other decision around that is, you know, is a plus, it's an additive. It makes the five-star experience, but yeah. those two things matter a ton. So we need to make sure those two things work. And then, you know, everything else, mm -hmm. Can can be there if it if it can, and it doesn't have to be if we don't have the resources, we don't have the time. Like I, I've only ever mm. worked at startups, I've never worked at a company that had all of the resources at their disposal. So yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, dude, I think it, it's amazing how time flies with these conversations. I think I could talk about this kind of thing all day, but I want to be respectful of everyone's time here. But let me maybe I'll just wrap up with two two kind of fun ones. The first that I've like to ask lately, what do you think is maybe a piece of conventional wisdom that other people who are, you know, in, in your case, doing PMM work might just sort of accept, but that you would push back on or, or challenge? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I'm so happy to see the product marketing sort of category of job yeah. be rich with communities and insights and sharing and playbooks. Yeah. It, it's been awesome. Like truly, like when I, when I first started this several years ago, mm -hmm. there was none of these things. It, it was insane. It'd be, yeah. you'd be amazed to find a lot of things, uh, prior art to work off of. And so yeah. one thing I want to remind folks is like the best practice and the playbook and the benchmark that worked super well for company A mm -hmm. does not mean it'll work at company B. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks, and I tend to think of product marketers as often very organized, very thoughtful, structured people who love yeah. the notion of a playbook. Yeah, I have learned time and time again, again, the hard way that these things just don't pan out the same, any one or two companies, you know, just because you had a great process for finding you mm -hmm. know, crisp, amazing, executive team aligned positioning at one company doesn't mean that that's the same playbook that'll get you to the other. Yeah. So be really critical, like criticize yeah. why a playbook might fail at your next company or why, mm. you know, why some other company's version of success might not be your own. Mm -hmm. I think if you can these conversations and these projects and initiatives as a PMM with a perspective of, I know I can find resources on this, but also let me actually listen to what the problem and the goal is here. Yeah. Yeah. It goes an incredibly long way. So many people screw that up and it's so easy to be the well, like you don't want to be the, well, at my last company, we did it this way guy. Right. <laughs> and like, 
you know, as someone who's been in a couple of, couple of different companies now, like the temptation is there. Like you start somewhere else, you see, you know, how something's being done. You remember how you did it, your last role. And it's like the temptation to be like, you clowns are doing it the wrong. I was at XYZ before this, and this is how we did it. And let me show you the right way to do it. Like come in with, you know, don't assume that the old way that you, you know, that you saw or that your past experience is going to be the one true path here. Like be a little more open-minded and, assume like, Hey, like smart people here have been kind of working on this and thinking of this too. And like, you might not know everything yet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. This one's just kind of for fun, but I like to, I like to ask product people about products. You get, go figure, you get interesting answers. Any cool products you've been playing with excited about lately? This could be, you know, this could be at work or just, uh, you know, or just outside of work, anything strike your curiosity lately. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I am one of the biggest fanboys of Descript, the the podcasting okay. uh, slash talk editing, video editing. Okay. That's I the one they, that's the one where you can actually like edit as if it's a like a document, right? Yes. I think that's it crazy. is such a smart abstraction. Mm -hmm. It is so fun to use as a user and I feel like they've nailed it on sort of giving people who are not great video editors superpowers um, mm -hmm. around um, editing things in a way that feels like you, you got to a really good product. There's yeah. a way to just remove all of the ums, which I say a lot in, in your videos. There's a way to turn it into snippets. Yeah. A really cool tool. I feel like they have a hard product marketing challenge too, because they're sort of balancing mm. professional versus hobby creators. Yeah. It's really hard. Definitely. Um, I am a huge, huge fan for the same reason of Figma. I think that as a product marketer, I have gotten superpowers around components and templates and being able to sort of feedback with the product design team, with our web design team in a mm. way that just feels so much more action oriented. Mm. So I'm just a big believer in like these collaborative, lower the floor, raise the ceiling kind yeah. of tools. And yeah, so I use Figma a lot. That's I even cool. use Figma for making with coworkers. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. It really is superpower. A hundred percent. A hundred especially for product marketers. Like that, it's just kind of a cheat code. Like if you're out there, if you're a PMM and you can't, you're not hands-on with Figma yet, like figure it out because everything from making your own, it, it's easy to get started with. It's super intuitive. You know, once you're in there, like you can, you can build expertise endlessly, but it's like anything from screenshots to little images and stuff like that. Like, uh, or even just being able to like jump in and kind of collaborate on something or get something started and hand it off to a designer. Like it's, it's almost like a, a must, a must have skill at this point. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I trained up my entire product marketing team on Figma. We had a yeah. few training sessions. The team uses it actively now. I think it's a, it's a great skill to have as a PMM. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely agree. Well, yeah, this has been a super fun, super fun talk. Thanks for being with us. If folks want to, See, I caught myself with, um, I'm going to have to get Descript and take those out. If folks want to uh, connect with you, say hi or, or follow up or anything, what's, uh, what's maybe a way people could do that? Yeah, folks can definitely reach me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect and happy to chat about things. People can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Garcia Kevin. I post mostly like 95% about Retool. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah. I expect most of it to be Retool related, but yeah, I'm cool. really happy to connect. Folks, I think we, we only get better together. Awesome.
Awesome. Well, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Hey, Blake here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Notes podcast. If you work on a product team, whether you're in product management, product marketing, product ops, or any other supporting function, go check out the Launch Awesome community. Hundreds of the top product minds from companies like Google, Atlassian, Twilio, and more are in the community sharing their expertise every day. This free Slack community is a great place to connect with and learn from real product leaders, actual practitioners who are in the trenches building and launching products at some of the most exciting startups and SaaS companies around. To join, head to the link in the show notes or just do a quick search for Launch Awesome and it'll come right up. Finally, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be first to know about new episodes. And of course, we'd be thrilled if you left us a review. Reviews not only help other people find the show, but also just lets us know which content you find most valuable so we can create even more of it. Thanks again for being here.